Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Oh, yes. You know, it's so much that we've talked about with the teams that immediately let us made it known or made it known that they are not going to be interested and going after Lamar Jackson, they couldn't wait to leak it to their reporters that they were not going to be pursuing Lamar Jackson because they're so <laughs> scared of the guaranteed money. They're so, like, how long is it before anybody in at an owner's meeting will ever buy Jimmy Haslam a drink again? Honestly. It's going to be a while. It's yeah. It's going to be a while, partner. I can promise you that. You know, share a cigar with them. You know, like, I, I, they're all going to be mad for quite some time. There's no doubt. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. So as much as we have talked about the teams that are not going to be in on him, the Miami Dolphins, the Atlanta Falcons, and the like, Canty, what about five teams that really – should be in on him. Let's give you the five teams that you and I came up with first and foremost, and we'll talk about each one, okay? Let's Here, do it. The San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. The Detroit Lions. The New England Patriots. And the New York Jets. Those are our five teams that we discussed before the show today that need to be involved on Lamar Jackson in no particular order. Let's start with San Francisco, Canty. Could this make any better sense for the 49ers when you look at all the weapons they have on offense and how they had structured that offense to work with a mobile quarterback around Trey Lance? No, it couldn't make more sense for them. The only question that I would have is what they would do with the pick compensation. But if this thing goes all the way up until the NFL draft, then all of a sudden you could be talking about trading 2024 and 2025 picks in order to secure Lamar's services. I love the idea of putting that type of quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's system because all of a sudden not only are you talking about one of the most dynamic running games in the NFL – but there's going to be so many more free yards out there for Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and, and the other receipt, George Kittle, with run-after-catch opportunities because of the threat Lamar Jackson poses to always break the pocket. So I just think about the different coverages that defenses are forced to run because you have Lamar as your quarterback and how that creates so much room for other guys, for the skill position players in the passing game, because defenses have to major in zone concepts to make sure that you have 11 sets of eyeballs on the quarterback because he's such a threat to run. So I'm just thinking about the guys that they would have on that offense. Canty, granted, they're playing on grass, but when you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, you have Elijah Mitchell, you have George Kittle, and you have Lamar Jackson... That might be the fastest offense to ever play. 
And yeah. I, I could just take Kittle out of that mix. And they, granted, they'd be playing on, on grass. I, I almost wouldn't want to play them on turf if I was a team that was playing in a dome. But, like, how am I going to catch those guys? But, here, but here's the deal, though, big fella. They can play any kind of game you want to play. Yeah. They can, they can, I mean, they can, they can air it out or they can beat you pound, ground and pound. They can play any kind of game you want to play if Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, and that's what I love about it. We didn't even bring up Kyle Juszczyk, who might be the best fullback in all of football. Great call. Like that, that, that's how dynamic that offense could be. The only question is, would they be willing to meet Lamar Jackson's salary requests? I, 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 don't, I, I don't know that. that. That's the part where John Lynch would have to make it work. They also have a huge contract that they've got to take care of with Nicky Bosa. So there would be some gymnastics involved in making a deal of that caliber work. But just from an X's and O's standpoint, it's a great fit. Next, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why isn't this being talked about more? Lamar wants to be, as you have uh, detailed from people that have told you this over the last several weeks, wanted to be closer to home in Florida, wanted to be in South Florida. And while the Dolphins are not going to pursue this, the Buccaneers, Tampa's not that far away. So it would certainly bring him a lot closer. And this is the team that nobody has discussed that seems to have absolutely no planet quarterback right now. None. Kyle Trask is the only one that they have under contract, and they're not a bad team when they have Evans and they have Godwin. They just let go of Cameron Brait. They just let go of Donovan Smith, but that offensive line is still going to be better if they're healthy, and I think their defense played poorly last year compared to what they're capable of. I just think it was a down year. Canty, why would not the, why would the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not be talking about this? I like I like it in, in in theory. The only problem is the salary cap. They they'd have to juggle a lot of different contracts with restructuring. They might have to move on from some guys, either via release or via trade. They, they've got a lot of work to do with that roster. Tampa's. I, I don't know that Tampa is as close to contending for a championship as you believe them to be. But I, what I will say is, if Lamar Jackson's your quarterback, you run away with the NFC South. Yeah. Right now, the best quarterback in that division is Derek Carr, and he just got there two minutes ago. So if you add Lamar Jackson, then all of a sudden you feel a lot better about Tampa's prospects of getting back to the playoffs and being able to have sustained success. But you're going to have to remake that team because they're getting a little bit older on both sides of the ball, and we understand why. They were going with veteran players because they were trying to squeeze – the last bit of football out of Tom Brady. But but with Lamar Jackson, I think you do have to push a reset from a philosophical standpoint, and you have to adjust the kind of pieces that you're bringing in there. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Detroit. This was your idea. Take it away. I love Detroit. I love it. it Lamar Jackson is the exact kind of player that Dan Campbell wants to bring in there. He's tough. He's smart. Uh, he plays, plays the game uh, at, at, at – you know, at a really fast tempo. And I think that is what you got to consider if you're the Lions. You've got to be able to skip steps when it comes to competing for a championship. And I think they've got a tremendous opportunity to do that because if they get Lamar Jackson, then all of a sudden you're talking about, at worst, the Detroit Lions having the second best quarterback in the conference. In the conference. Right behind, I would put him right behind Jalen Hurts, but I mean it's a, it's a, it's a coin flip with those two quarterbacks. So I I love 
the opportunity to do it. And then when it comes to the draft pick compensation that they would have to give up, the Detroit Lions could stomach it. Because the Detroit Lions over the next two drafts have three first-round picks, three second-round picks, and three third-round picks. And they have the cap space to be able to make this happen if they cut Jared Goff. They cut Goff, they save $21 million on their salary cap. That would vault them to third-most cap space in the National Football League right now. So they could actually make it work, and they could put a stranglehold on the NFC North if they made that move. Let's bring in Bill Barnwell, ESPN senior NFL writer, who joins us right now. Because Bill wrote a story on ESPN.com today that uh, outlines 1 through 16, in his estimation, the teams that should be interested here. J- uh, Bill, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. What's going on? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. We appreciate a few minutes. Let's, first of all, just start uh, on this front. Lamar Jackson and the teams that should be interested. We have heard from the teams that are not, which we all agree is a little bit odd for that to happen right away. But when you're evaluating the teams that you feel like should be in the mix here, what are the biggest factors that you're looking at? Is it the contract, the compensation to get him, or the actual fit for the team? I I think it's the fit for the team. At the end of the day, that's the most important factor is, you know, not just uh, the draft picks because you can make draft picks work, not the compensation because at the end of the day, the top quarterbacks in football are underpaid. Patrick Mahomes makes $35, $36 million a year, and if he was an unrestricted free agent, you would see teams moving heaven and earth to get Patrick Mahomes under contract. So I don't think those are the issues, but I think the question is, where are you right now? How close are you to winning? How much uh, of a mess is your quarterback situation? Do you have anybody in terms of being a long-term option? Uh, all, all that stuff comes into play for me when it comes to evaluating this situation because, it, you know, I think Lamar Jackson is a, a top-flight quarterback. To me, I think he's in the six to eight range in terms of where he stands among NFL quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. kind of heading into a typical season. And that is just good enough that I think every team has to have a serious conversation about this, but maybe not to the extent that some teams would say, hey, maybe Lamar Jackson is not a perfect fit for us, given the price tag, given the compensation, and given where we are relative to winning a Super Bowl. Bill, trying to separate fact from fiction when we're talking about Lamar Jackson and the caliber of player he is, the folks that are in the camp that he doesn't deserve a fully guaranteed contract – seemingly always want to downplay his ability to throw the football, Mm -hmm. especially down the field. What have you seen through your studies on Lamar Jackson and how he compares to other quarterbacks that you would consider top flight players in this league? Yeah, you know, I I think people are sort of naive about Lamar Jackson when it comes to what he can and cannot do. As a passer, as a pocket passer, Lamar Jackson is not a gimmick football player. He ran a pro-style offense in college at Louisville with Bobby Petrino. They run a very conventional uh, NFL-style offense. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman playing in that style of offense. Yes, of course you want to take advantage of Lamar Jackson's legs. Of course you want him to be someone who makes plays there. And we've seen, I think, the ideal example of what an offense can look like with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson in some ways being part of the quarterback run game, heavy RPO usage, and of course hitting shots downfield in the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts, where that offense, you know, not only did they make it to the Super Bowl, 
they held up their end of the bargain. If the defense plays the way the defense normally plays for the Eagles, they're having a parade in Philadelphia. So I think Lamar Jackson is a perfectly acceptable and solid pocket passer. He has a better passer rating in the pocket than a lot of quarterbacks who get credited as traditional pocket passers. And then whatever else he offers you as a runner in the design run game, as a scrambler, just makes your life so much easier, changes the numbers for you in the box when you're running the football, makes him a threat to pick up any third down, any third and long where you want to play man coverage. He is a difference maker in so many ways, but get back to that traditional pocket, he's pretty good there too. It's like I've always said about Bill Barnwell. He gets it. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We could not agree with you more on most of this, but let's talk about a couple of individual teams. You, out of 1 through 16, you're right at the Patriots' 12th, and Canty and I were about to talk about that. The Patriots intrigue me because if we look at Bill Belichick's history, he always enjoys pursuing the players that he has the most trouble defending, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. – fits Lamar Jackson to a T. Just look at week three this past year. So if you're New England at this point, um, you probably still have questions about Mac Jones, but detail for me why this does and why this doesn't make sense. Well, I think you brought up a really good point. Lamar Jackson does give Bill Belichick's defenses, which, by the way, are excellent, gives them fits. He is a difference maker in terms of how you play defense. You have to account for different things when you play Lamar Jackson than when you play a traditional quarterback. You can't just put a spy on him and solve your defensive problems because unless you have, gosh, I don't know, Derwin James or you know one of the half dozen players in the NFL, which the Patriots have some pretty great players, but not a, a Derwin James caliber safety, Lamar's going to run past your spy. He's going to beat them in the open field, and then it's going to be even worse because the one guy who was designed to stop Lamar isn't stopping Lamar. And I think for the Patriots, having a player like that who's going to work, change the numbers for you in the running game, create some shots down the field in the passing game, uh, it's going to be a great fit for your offense. I think Mac Jones, I think he's better than he looked last year. I don't think there's some questions about him. What we saw from him as a rookie, they were very good about protecting him. You know, third and long, he was throwing screens, he was handing the ball off on draws. They didn't want to put him in traditional passing situations. Now, I want to see Mac Jones with Bill O'Brien, but I, I, the reason I don't necessarily love to fit in for the Patriots, two reasons from their perspective. Number one, they don't have playmakers. They need to redo their receiving core this offseason. And if you're Lamar Jackson, that's not going to make you feel great about going there. You have basically a de facto no trade clause because you have to basically sign the tag to get a deal done or sign an offer sheet to go there. And number two, I, I think there's concerns about whether Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go back to England. If you don't like Mac Jones, if you think Mac Jones is not your guy, if you're Bill Belichick, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is not as good as Lamar Jackson, but he's going to be cheaper, and he's not going to cost you two first-round picks. So I think for them, and I think for the Raiders, they're both going to have questions about maybe we should go get Jimmy G and pay a much cheaper price instead of going for the, the, the top-shelf item, you know, the true superstar in Lamar Jackson because he's so much more expensive. Bill, in looking at your list of teams that would make sense to try to go after Lamar Jackson, you have three teams that are drafting inside of the top four picks in this year's NFL draft, and you have seven of the top ten teams drafting in the the NFL draft in April. So I'm just curious as to how you weigh the, the proven commodity in Lamar Jackson versus the cost of what it would take to acquire him and to meet his salary demands versus 
drafting a quarterback and having a guy on a rookie wage scale, even though he's an unknown quantity. How do you how do you separate that? How do you delineate from what what's the best value proposition for those clubs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on a couple of things. You know, number one is it how close is the rest of your roster to winning? You know, if you feel like you have uh, a, a really good defense, if you're the Jets, for example, and you feel like you've locked in your playmakers, your offensive line's still a work in progress with still some good pieces up front, but you have a championship caliber defense where right now you can sit here and say they were one of the best defenses in football from week three on last year. You've got Lamar Jackson, you're a Super Bowl contender. To me, I think there's more incentive for them where a team like that, maybe the Patriots also come to mind as well with a great defense, where they should be more aggressive going after Lamar Jackson. And the other part of it is just, how do you feel about this quarterback class? Because, yes, like you said, the quarterbacks you're drafting in the top 10, they aren't as sure of a thing as Lamar Jackson, but they're much cheaper. So the the calculus changes. You know, if you feel like Anthony Richardson has a 10% chance of turning into a star quarterback or someone as good as Lamar Jackson – well, then I would lean towards Lamar Jackson because you're not going to get the savings to make it work out given how frequently you think he turns into a star. But if you think he's maybe a 50-50 shot, well, then the calculus changes. Then you're leaning more towards the rookie quarterback side of things. So I really think it depends on for each individual team. You know, all these teams in the top 10, I'm assuming have scouted these quarterbacks closely. I think it depends on how likely you think those guys are going to turn into stars and also the chances that you actually landed that player given where you are in the top 10 for a team like Carolina, for example, all those quarterbacks might be off the board by the time they draft. So mm. if you're going to trade up anyway, well, maybe you trade up for Lamar versus trading up for one of these guys that you're not quite as sure about coming out of the draft. Go check out Bill Barnwell's article on ESPN.com, Ranking NFL Team Fits for Lamar Jackson. I just tweeted it out as well, uh, at Chris Carlin on Twitter. Bill, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Canty, let's get to the last two that we were talking about right beforehand, I kind of laid out my case on the New England Patriots. What do you feel about that fit for Lamar Jackson here? I love it. I think it makes the Patriots the favorite to win that division. If you if you land Lamar Jackson, just because of what we saw from their defense last year, no defense scored more touchdowns than the New England Patriots defense. If you add the offense to go along with that, uh, a guy that, plays into what Bill Belichick wants to do, which is run the football behind a big physical offensive line. I, 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 I love that idea. And then he gives you some more explosive opportunities in the passing game downfield. Again, when you have a quarterback that can be a focal point of the running game, as well as a guy that can scramble, it changes the different coverages that opposing defenses can run. It changes the math dramatically. And I think Bill Belichick can find creative ways to take advantage of having a player that that can dictate to opposing defenses. So, yeah, I, I love that fit. Canty, last one, the Jets. This to me, look, I, I get that there is the trickiness factor of uh, you got to wait five days if you sign them to an offer sheet, and maybe it's not going to happen after all. I don't understand, given the Packers' desire to clearly move on from mm. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Why the Jets wouldn't pursue this first? Because I don't think the Aaron Rodgers situation is going anywhere in the next week if the Jets didn't pursue this when it all opens up early next week. And let's just call it what it is. Aaron Rodgers does not change the fortunes of the New York Jets next year when you look at the rest of the AFC. Lamar Jackson does, potentially, for next year 
and the next several years. Well, no, I, I think Rodgers does change their fortunes. He makes them a playoff team. They ain't made the playoffs since 2010. It's the longest drought in the NFL. So, yeah, I think he changes right. that. But I don't think he makes them a title contender. But when you do make the trade for Aaron Rodgers because of what it's going to cost with draft picks and the salary, you absolutely have to have championship aspirations. And I think that's where the Jets might be a little off in their calculus. Now, in looking at Lamar, I got to be honest with you, big fella. This is not about what those two guys have been. This is projecting what they will be in 2023. Lamar's the better quarterback. Yeah. Lamar is the better quarterback. Like, just just looking at it on its face, what we think those guys will be, Lamar is the better quarterback. I have more confidence that Lamar Jackson will have a bounce-back productive season in 2023 than I do Aaron Rodgers. I love that's just where I'm at. I absolutely love this discussion. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Hey, get ready for a movie that's in a league of its own, the new comedy Champions. Woody Harrelson stars as a hot-headed basketball coach who's in over his head when he's court-ordered to manage a team with intellectual disabilities and a whole lot of attitude. The movie is directed by Bobby Farrelly, one of the Farrelly brothers, a director of Dumb and Dumber, and there's something about Mary, so get ready to laugh at a comedy that's nothing but net. Champions, only in theaters today, rated PG-13, screenplay by Mark Rizzo, directed by Bobby Farrelly. My friends, on the way, it is our daily dash to the draft. And you're not going to believe one team that Canty absolutely thinks they need to look long and hard at their quarterback situation with the draft right in front of us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. 
Well, we do this every, every, every show at this time because Canty and I, in case you did not hear the other day, we'll be hosting the 2023 NFL draft coverage. Let's go! That's right. Along with Mike Tannenbaum, Ian Fitzsimmons, live from Kansas City at the end of April. So it is time for our daily Dash for the Draft. Okay, football fan, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. And we will take this uh, Dash for the Draft to a somewhat unexpected place that was brought forward by my partner earlier today. Let's first of all hear from Kelvin Beecham, uh, former Cardinals offensive lineman on KJM, on Kyler Murray and what is holding him back. Fellas, Play it from there because I can't seem to find it on my screen, but go ahead and fire it away. Before the season even got started, we had so much going on. We had, you know, we had the stuff with D-Hop. We had the, the contract situation. We had death uh, early on in the offseason. So before we even got to the football field, we had so many issues. And then you had the things that happened on field um, that just wasn't uh, what you needed to be, you know, progressive and be, you know, uh, the team that you needed to be. And we didn't execute at the end of the day. Um, so there is – uh, consequences when you don't execute. They clean house, coaches, GM, and it's a first start. Now it's uh, time to see what happens moving forward. So the quarterback needs to grow up a little bit, mm. according to Kelvin Beecham. Yeah. What do you make of that in the entirety of the Cardinal situation? Well, I agree with Kelvin Beecham. There have been signs of immaturity for Kyler Murray for quite some time now, so much so that the organization, even when they gave him $189 million guaranteed, wanted to put a stipulation in the contract that mandated that he watch four hours of film on his iPad every week on the upcoming opponent. Now, when you have a franchise quarterback that you're committing to in that way, that that should be something that is table stakes. That shouldn't be something that you have to ask or you have to stipulate in the contract. So I think that part of it, along with the friction that we saw at the end with Cliff Kingsbury to go along with, you know, the the general manager situation and having to pivot from Steve Keim to Marty Ossenford, I, I just feel like there are a lot of moving parts within the organization. And a big part of that is Kyler Murray not necessarily realizing the potential that they saw in him when they took him number one overall back in 2019. Now, Who's to say whether or not he can realize that potential? He's still a a really young player. He's going into his age 26 season. But at the same time, when you give a player that kind of money, I'm not sure that they're just not going to be more of what we've already seen. So when that's the case and we have the draft coming up, you suggested it earlier that the Cardinals maybe should be looking at this draft a little harder. Yeah, I mean, you're not picking inside of the top five very often. And based on most scouts and talent evaluators, they believe that four quarterbacks are going to be drafted in the top ten. So there is a little bit of depth when it comes to top-end quarterback talent in this class. If you're Arizona sitting there at three, you got to at least consider it. You have to at least consider it. And I know everybody's going to say I'm absolutely crazy. And, yes, while they are locked into Kyler Murray – for 2023, when you look at the contract in 2024, there is some maneuvering they could do. If they were to decide to trade Kyler Murray in uh, in 2024, you're talking about the team having to absorb a $46 million dead cap hit 
But when you look at Kyler Murray's cap hit or his impact on the salary cap for that season, it's $51.5 million. So you're talking about saving over $5 million if you did make that decision. Now, I get it. You still have to figure out who's going to play quarterback for you. But when it comes to the sports character of Kyler Murray, it seems like it's a little bit lacking. And if you're a team that's trying to get to the point where you have sustained success and where the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Rams are clearly looking down at you, you might have to make this drastic move. So that begs the question for me, if you're the Cardinals and you feel this way about Murray, I I think about two things. Number one, I, I think about, can I potentially trade him after this season knowing that it's probably not going to be good if I draft a quarterback. And, you know, I just saw Jonathan Gannon a few weeks ago hugging him, we're going to go make this work, all that stuff. And he's somebody that can't be, I don't feel like he's mature to begin with. I don't feel like he's going to handle that well, and that could get really ugly this year out in Arizona. I'm not talking about their prospects for winning this season, but am I willing to go through what, could be an ugly situation to get to next year when his trade value is probably going to be minimal at best. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? You're talking about a base salary of $37 million in 2024. So what team wants to acquire that? And so that that becomes a part of the rub as well, especially with a guy that's off of a knee reconstruction. Now it just depends on what he shows, but I don't have high expectations for Kyler Murray coming off of a knee because it usually takes two years from when the injury took place in order for the player to feel like themselves. I remember when I had a knee reconstruction, I I mean, it took me a couple of years before I was back to normal, and I'm a defensive lineman. This is a guy that has the ball in his hands on every single snap, and a big part of his game is his mobility. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know exactly what his value would be, but if you're the Arizona Cardinals, do you feel like he is an ascending player that you can eventually – compete for a championship with I get that you don't necessarily have a clear and present alternative but you also have to ask yourself is this the guy that's going to get us to the Super Bowl and win it for us well I don't know that anybody within that building could say that with any degree of confidence you know who really needs to be asking that question Kyler Murray can I be that guy am I interested in being that guy what am I about because he's going to be 26 before the season starts he's got the contract Uh, is that it Did you just want to get the contract and that was it? Because, all right, he probably won't be ready for the beginning of the year, but there is the mental part of this. You know, new coaching staff, getting to know this offense, am I going to grow up now and become what I was supposed to be? That's what it ultimately boils down to. And the way you paint it, I think the one thing that – I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jonathan Gannon has got – uh, more job security than Kyler Murray does. But I would say that they, they paid Kyler, and that is more manageable, as you said, after this coming season to start to look at what other options could be. So where do I want to go with my career? Do I want to be this guy or not? That, to me, it's not even a, not even about what he does on the field, Canty. It's about what he does to get ready this year. And and how he relates to his teammates and the new people that they brought in the organization in the front office and on the coaching staff. Kyler Murray better be careful. I feel like his career is at a pivotal point. 
he's he's on the verge of becoming the Trey Young of the NFL. And, oh. and we see that Trey Young is an ultra-talented player in the NBA, but he's also a guy that, that runs through coaches in front office personnel as well. So that, that's not the road you want to go down if you're Kyler Murray. No, it's not. It is not. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Going to sneeze again. This is unbelievable, Canty. I cannot get out of my own way these days. I just talked my way through it, but yesterday you weren't there. I almost sneeze. I did sneeze. On oh, I, saw I, get- it. I saw it. Yeah, I it saw was it. all over social media. <laughs> and then I almost sneezed again this time, but I was able to talk myself out of it. Unreal. I, it just, I, I cannot get out of my own way. It's been a rough week. On the way next, your chance to get through at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Why Aaron Rodgers would or would not put the Jets into a legitimate contending position in the AFC and Lamar Jackson and where he fits, what he does for the team in the AFC, or the NFC for that matter, to immediately change their chances. We want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And more news regarding an injury to a superstar in the NBA. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Ian Carlin, the podcast. ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. This was an amazing tweet to me, and I just have to share it with you uh, very quickly. And it comes from uh, Rich Cimini's Twitter account that uh, Rich, of course, covers the Jets for ESPN uh, NFL Nation. And... This was a tweet from somebody named Dave Schrader at WBAY-TV Green Bay. Uh, Mark Murphy, the Packers president, did an interview on the telecast of the Girls' State Basketball Tournament. (laughs) And he confirmed that the team will honor the trade request from Aaron Rodgers if he wants it, confirms they gave permission to the Jets, and that everyone expects resolution by the start of free agency. So you get the scoop from Mark Mark Murphy, I'm assuming, watching his daughter play in the girls' state basketball tournament. Yeah, that just lets you know that everybody in Green Bay is over it when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I kind of feel like they are. We're ready to make this happen. Give us compensation for what we think is 
you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you can have him as long as you're willing to pay the salary. Like, I, listen, I can understand why Green Bay and the team president would feel this way just because of how Aaron Rodgers has held them hostage. I know you're saying that Aaron Rodgers is holding America hostage mm. in terms of trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do. I'm sure the Packers are tired of trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do as well, and they're deciding that they're going to get off of the Aaron Rodgers roller coaster, and I don't blame them one bit. Uh, here is the quote. Question, is there a scenario where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season? Murphy, yeah. I mean, unless if things don't work out the way we want them, yeah, we would. He's obviously a great player. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Unbelievable. Oh, Dunzo. Unbelievable. They are Dunzo with Aaron Rodgers yeah. at this point. But, you know, listen, Peter King said this morning on KJM that he anticipates that this is going to be done by Sunday night. Now, the part where it becomes a little bit interesting or maybe even ironic is that Tom Brady announced that he was going to end his retirement the Sunday before the start of the new league year in free agency last year. So maybe this is Aaron Rodgers, you know, positioning himself to, to one-up Brady's announcement from last year and then also an opportunity to give his new team a chance to set their plans and their targets for free agency the couple of days to follow, um, you know, when league year starts. So I, I just think it makes sense for a lot of reasons. The legal tampering period starts on Monday, so – the Packers and the Jets would be best served knowing exactly what Aaron Rodgers is going to do so they can get their plan set. What do you think? Do you think that we're sitting here Monday with a resolution? Yeah. yeah. I think we probably are too, even though I joke about him holding us hostage. But I put it this way. We only have up until day 68 recorded so far. Mm-hmm. I better not be getting into the 70s when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, right now it's just in this. America held hostage. You know, these things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 61. I, I think we're done next week. Yeah, I think we're done next week, too. And here's the thing, Carlin. I know everybody is going to say, well, it's important for the Jets to know that Rodgers is going to be the quarterback because of we got to surround him with the right pieces. It's going to be just as important for Green Bay to know what kind of draft picks and what kind of cash picks they're working with because they've got to surround Jordan Love with as much talent as he needs in order to be right in making this decision. Weekend preview brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.